0: You're listening to the preaching podcast of the Amazing Grace Baptist Church located in Mount Airy, North Carolina, where Dr. Jonathan Barker is the pastor. We pray that the following message will be a blessing to you. Matthew chapter number 6, let's stand in honor and reverence to the reading of God's Word. And um, we'll read a few things to you tonight, a few verses, and then we're going to continue looking at the subject of fasting tonight, the subject of fasting tonight, and um, see what the Lord will give us out of it. Matthew chapter number 6 tonight, look in verse number 16, the Bible says this, Moreover, when you fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thine head and wash thy face. That thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret. And thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Now Father, I pray that you help us over the next few minutes, Lord, as we look into your Word. I pray, God, that you'd give us understanding from it, God. Meet the needs of our church. Lord, we'll give you the thanks. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You can be seated tonight. I want to begin or not begin, but continue looking at this subject of fasting tonight and see what the Lord will help us to learn out of it tonight. We've made reference to this verse numerous times in our study on fasting and praying. We'll look at some more of it tonight. I know we'll at least preach at least one more, if not two more messages on this subject. But whenever we come here, the Jesus, it is the Jesus. Jesus is talking to us. And here's what he said, moreover, when ye fast. He didn't say if you fast, but he said when you fast. And um uh, a lot of people says that um or they question is that a direct command from God to fast. Uh I I I don't know that we can necessarily say that it's a direct command. Uh but I would say it this way. Um uh, Miss Leslie fixed some supper tonight and when she got done fixing supper, she said, "Y'all all come eat, and uh, you know what we did? We went and eat. The reason she said that is because she, um, uh, in her in herself, expected us uh, uh, to come and eat. Now, I really believe that Jesus says, when you fast, uh, He is just expecting us to do that. And uh, uh, the reason a lot of people don't fast today is because they've never been taught to fast. They've never heard anything about fasting. Now um, we've said this and. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but um, we've said the uh, fasting uh, is more than just food. And uh, a lot of times because of a physical need, uh, uh, not everybody can fast from food. Uh, uh, you take a diabetic, a diabetic can't fast from food. And, uh, different things, but there is things that we can fast from. Uh, um, uh, we talked about the Daniel fast and how um, uh, there's certain things that he didn't eat during that time. And, um, Social media, TV, there's numerous things that we can fast from, but I will say this, in that fast, it's not just doing without something. It's not just taking the food away or uh, taking the social media away or taking sugar away or um, uh, on and on we could go with different things, but it's also talking to the Lord during those times. It's also praying. there. Prayer and fasting goes just like a hand in a glove. A glove without a hand is no good. So, you gotta put prayer and fasting together tonight. Let's look at a couple things about fasting tonight. Go with me to Matthew chapter number 17. Matthew chapter number 17, and I wanna begin reading in verse number 19. Matthew chapter number 17, verse number 19 says this, Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could not we cast Him out? Now let me take just a second and tell you what they're dealing with here. There's a individual that brings up his son that's demon possessed um, or or uh, he says that he's a lunatic. Uh, matter of fact, verse number 15, Lord have mercy on my son for he is a lunatic. And um, uh, you say, what was he? He was from Logat. He was a lunatic. He was crazy, man, and the Bible said, "And sore vexed, uh, for oft times he falleth into the fire, and oft into the water." This boy would just jump into the water. He would just jump into the fire. The Bible said in verse sixteen, "And I brought him uh, to thy disciples, and they could not cure him." He says, I brought this boy to the disciples, not to just a disciple, look what he says, but to the disciples, to all of them. He brought them to him. The Bible said that they could not cure it. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. Um, and And personally, I believe that it's a little bit of a rebuke to the disciples right there. Um, he said, I'm not going to be with you all the time. Uh, um, you're going to have to get full of the Holy Ghost and have the power of God resting on you because I'm going to be gone. Verse number 18, Jesus rebukes him and the, uh, the child is cured. Verse number 19, he says, Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could we not cast him out? They said, Lord, uh, why couldn't we do uh, what you just did? What was our problem? You know what I found out? Here's what I found out about Christ. If you don't want a blunt answer, you best not ask Him. If you don't want the truth, then don't ask Him. And they said, why couldn't we do that? Verse number 20, And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, If ye have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, ye shall say unto the mountain, Remove hence... To yonder place, and it shall be, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. You know what he says to the disciples? If you just have faith, nothing's impossible to you. And we all like that verse number 20, but verse number 21 is what follows it in context. How be it? This kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. You know what he says to the disciples? Here's what he says. The only way you'll ever have this kind of faith, the only way you'll ever have this kind of power, the only way you'll ever have this kind of anointing is by prayer and fasting. You know what's happening in the beginning of chapter number 17 of the book of Matthew? It's the mountain of transfiguration. You know what the Bible tells us when you study the other three accounts, or the other two accounts in the other two gospels? That there was a time when Peter, James, and John was on that mountain praying of Christ that they what? They went to sleep. Are you went, They went to sleep. While Christ, think about this, Why Christ was being transformed into all of His glory, While the Shekinah glory of God was manifested in front, they went to sleep. Before we criticize them, I don't look around the way some people is in churches today. (laughs) They went to sleep in the glory. And then after they come down off the Mount of Transfiguration, they didn't have the faith that they needed. Why? Because they hadn't prayed the way they should. And the only way we're ever going to have this kind of faith, the only way we're ever going to have this kind of power, the only way we're ever going to have this kind of unction in our life is by prayer and fasting. We've got to have it. Look at this, women tonight. the priority of the fast. The priority of the fast. And you say, well, preacher, I'm a fasting. How do I know if it's a priority to me? Well, here's what I wrote down. How often do you fast? then that shows how much fasting is a priority in your life. How often do we do it? I've said this a couple times in this. Um, Brother John Dorsey said this during our Foothills revival. We was talking about fasting. Yeah, Uh, Brother John's probably helped me more on the subject of fasting than anybody else besides my dad. Here's what Brother John said. He said, there's hardly not a time that I'm not fasting. He said, it's not always from meals, but different things in my life that I'm fasting from. The priority of fasting, we'll see how much a priority it is by how we practice it. By how we practice it. And and, and I say this to you tonight, it is a priority. Matter of fact, I agree with Brother John. We ought to just about live in a fast. We ought to just about live in a fast. You say, so preacher, we can't go without food all the time. Again, it's not just going without food. It could be, i I'll give you the illustration, a brother John loving bologna sandwiches. And that's what he was fasting from. Why? Because he loved bologna. Matter of fact, during that meeting, I said, Man, let's go up here uh uh to Williams and Gentry store. That the best bologna sandwiches you'll eat at the time. I don't know how it is now, but you can go up there and get a bologna sandwich with a slab of mater on it. Somebody say man right there with some lettuce and pepper, uh, some black pepper, not no hot pepper, some black pepper and salt on that thing. And and God help you if you put mayonnaise or mustard on it. Just bologna cheese, lettuce, tomato, salt, and pepper, and man, you get you a Coca-Cola. Somebody holler amen. Where's Jacob? Holler amen on that Coca-Cola right there and get you a Coca-Cola and and some Funyuns. Y'all know what them is, don't you? Y'all know what they are? They're fake onion rings. I said, John, let's go up there and get us a bologna sandwich. Here's what he said. Barker, you don't know how bad I want a bologna sandwich. And I said, I'm buying. Let's go get a bologna sandwich. He said, I can't. And I said, well, why can't you? He said, God's making me fast from bologna. He, I thought he was going to cry. He said, God's making me fast from bologna right now. I said, bologna? He said, no, God's making me fast from bologna. I said, I wasn't saying you was full of bologna. I'm asking you, is bologna what you're fasting from? He said, yeah, and that's when we begin to talk about that. And he said, there's not hardly a time that I'm not fasting from something. You know, can I just say this to you? That shows his priority to fasting. Shows his priority to fasting. Fasting from different things, the priority of it. Uh, what 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 drove Christ to say what he did right here? Well, I would say this: the disciples' failure in verse number 19. Why can't why can't we cast him out? Then he deals with their faith in verse number 20. And he said, because you don't have the faith of a grain of a mustard seed. Then he deals with their fasting in verse number 21. And he says, here is the way that you have that. So number one, tonight I see the priority of the fast. Number two, tonight I want you to take your Bibles and go to the book of Isaiah with me. The book of Isaiah chapter number 58. Isaiah chapter number 58. I'm gonna look at some verses here. Matter of fact, um, different readers that you'll read after on the subject of fasting calls this the fasting chapter. Isaiah chapter number 58. I like verse number one. Cry loud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet and show my people their transgressions and the house of Jacob their sins. I like that verse. Um, that Scripture for the way we preach. Cry loud and spare not. Amen. Cry loud and spare not. I got Scripture for a wood pulpit. Nehemiah chapter number 8. I've got Scripture for you standing while I read uh, the Bible. Nehemiah chapter number 8. It's all right there in the Bible. It's not a habit. It's what they do. Amen. But look at this, cry aloud and spare not. He begins, and I'll just say this, I'll say this in passing. He begins with that, but the only way that we'll ever be able to cry aloud and spare not, show the people their transgressions and the house of Jacob their sins, is by fasting. I find it. Very interesting, that verse is right here, kicking off the fasting chapter. And I say this to you, I think a preacher should lead the example in fasting. I say this to you, the husband in the home should lead the example in fasting. It's not, hey look, it's not the wife's place to be the spiritual leader, it's the husband's place. And uh, anyway, look at this, the problem... With their fast. We saw the priority of it. Don't you see the problem with it right here? Verse number 3 and 4. The Bible said this, "...wherefore have we fasted, say they, and thou seest not. Wherefore have we afflicted our soul, and thou takest no knowledge." Behold, in the day of your fast, you find pleasure and exact or and exact all your labors. Behold, you fast for strife and debate, and to smite the feast of the wickedness. Uh, Ye shall not fast as you do this day to make your voice to be heard uh, on high. He begins dealing with the problem uh, of their fast. Now say this to you tonight: We don't fast for other men to see us. When Brother John talked to me about the baloney fast, <laughs> he wasn't saying that to exalt himself. And matter of fact, he would probably be upset if he knew I was talking about it in public. We was in private when we talked about that. Matter of fact, the, the very first time that I ever done the Daniel fast, Brother John challenged me on that. And, and, and I challenge our church on that usually about every year, the beginning of the year. And and um, when we was talking one day, I, I we was eating that Cracker Barrel in Jonesville. And um, it was the beginning of the year, and Brother John was eating plain oatmeal. And I was eating country ham, biscuits, and gravy, and sausage, and dinner. Everybody holler, amen right there. And I said, Hoss, you ain't going to eat no more than that? He said, I can't, preacher. And I said, well, why not? He said, because I'm doing the Daniel fast. And I said, well, tell me about it. The more he talked about it, I tried to feel bad for eating my ham, but I knew that after I got done that I was going to start with him because that was his first day, and and I was going to have to go one day longer. Are you with me? So I was going to take advantage of all that ham while I could. (laughs) But John began to talk to me about that. But John didn't talk to me about that to boast in himself. He simply talked to me about that because I asked him to. I said, well, what do you do on it? How do you do it? And he told me that he not only reads through his New Testament, but he reads through the Bible in those 21 days. We began to talk back and forth about that. Here is the problem with their fast in Isaiah 58. Note this with me. It's an attitude problem. Look in the beginning of verse number 3. We fasted, thou seest not. You see what they're saying? We're doing this and you're not even seeing it. It's not about everybody seeing it. I remember the first time that I ever challenged our church to fast. I remember the very first time. I hadn't been here long at all. And uh, I challenged our church. Several of y'all was here whenever we done that. And and I know Brother Joshua was. I know Brother Sean was. And I challenged us to fast. It may have been just the men's prayer room that I challenged the first time. And we said we was gonna go twenty-four hours and drink nothing but water. And, and 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 I'll not go into the length amount of time that I did or nobody else did, but as far as I know, none of us stopped. It was just a few of us who been in the prayer room. None of us stopped after that twenty four hours. We continued to do that for several days. And we talked back and forth to each other about how long we went. There's nothing wrong with having a fasting partner that you talk with. Matter of fact, sometimes when I'm doing a fast and I'm doing it with somebody, I'll call them and say, man, I'm struggling today. And they'll talk back with me and we help each other through that. Their attitude problem was this. They was doing it for everybody to see. In church, we don't fast for everybody to see it. We don't fast to get up and say, you know, I just come off of a 21-day fast from everything. I've done a complete fast for 21 days and drink, didn't drink nothing but water. Well, thank God, but if you just done it so you can stand up and tell everybody you've done that, you're not getting your reward. What did he say? He said this, And thou seest not, He said, wherefore, we afflicted our soul, and thou takest no knowledge. We afflicted ourselves. You didn't even know none of that. There was an attitude problem there. So I see that, but I see this also in verse number 3. It's an activity problem. Not only an attitude problem, but look at this in verse number 3. In the day of your fast, you find pleasure and exact all your labors. He said, Preacher, what do you mean an activity problem? Here's what I mean by that. They just continued as everyday business. When you're fasting, it's not everyday business. There's something that you're missing out on, and while you're missing out on that, you're talking to the Lord. Especially if you're doing a whole meal. If you're saying, and, and, and for some reason we've talked about Tuesdays at lunch, Maybe we just need to, as a church as a whole, proclaim Tuesdays at lunch as a fast time. We've talked, I've mentioned that every time I've preached on fasting, but anyway, if you're taking Tuesdays at lunch time, whether you go to lunch from 11.30 to 12, or 12 to 12.30, or 12 to 1, or some of y'all in here from 10 to 2, you take that time and talk to the Lord about it. You take that time, and Brother Josh, and go to Mechanical Room 100 and get along with God instead of sitting down in the break room with all the guys. Somebody help me right there. And you talk to the Lord about it. So the activity problem was they just continued their everyday life. It was an attitude problem, it was an activity problem, but it was an accomplishment problem. Look in verse number four Behold, you fast for strife and debate. And to smite the fist of the wickedness, it was an accomplishment problem. Why are we fasting? It's not for everybody else. It's not for everybody else to look at us. We're fasting for this kind. If you heard me read the text, we're fasting for this kind. We're praying for this kind. What is this kind? The kind that can move mountains. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I challenge everybody, to listen to this kind by of Dr. Jack Kyles. It's it I know y'all've heard it, man. It's tremendous. I know dad's heard it. This kind, the only way we're gonna get it is by prayer and fasting. So you see this. You not only see the priority of the fast, their problem of the fast. Well, let me show you one more. I want you to see this the purpose of the fast. The purpose of the fast. Look in verse number six. Is not this the fast that I have chosen to loose the bands of the wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, and that ye break every yoke? Look in verse 7. Is it, is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry, and that thou bring the poor that are cast out to thy house, when thou seest the naked, that thou cover him, and that thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh. You say, preacher, what's the purpose of it? Let me give you a couple of things right here on the purpose of it. The purpose of the fast is this: it's God's desire for us to fast. Is not this the fast that I have chosen? the The, the purpose of it's God's desire. For us to fast. When thou fastest. Not if thou fastest, but when you do it. It's the desire of God for us to fast. You say, and I'm going to say more about this, but you say, why does God desire for me to fast? Because you'll learn a new intimate relationship with God during that time that you'll know no other time. You'll have a greater communion with God during that time Then you will, amen. If you've ever been there, you know what I'm talking about. Thing about this, it's God's desire. Why is it God's desire? I would say this, to reach souls. You know what the very heartbeat of God is? Souls. You know what the very heartbeat of God is? That gentleman that, that I mentioned just a few minutes ago, and because we're live feeding, I'm not going to now, but that gentleman that I mentioned just a few minutes ago, it's his life being transformed by the power of God. And when a lot of people says there's no hope, he's lived in that condition all his years. Oh, if we didn't even have, I mean, just a sixteenth just a of a mustard seed, we could see him saved. But the only way that will ever happen it's by fasting and prayer. It's to reach souls. What did He say? Here it is right here in our verse. To loose the bands of wickedness. To loose, what did He say? He said to loose the bands of wickedness. That individual that, that you know that's so hard, that's so hard-hearted, that says there's no God, that says that there's no use to live for God, I guarantee you the biggest part of everybody has got somebody in your mind right now. Let me tell you the way we're going to see those bands of wickedness loose from them. Let me tell you the way it's going to happen. The only way it's going to happen is with this kind. The only way this kind ever happens is by prayer and fasting. It's by prayer and fasting. What What is the desire of God and the purpose of the fast? Here's, here it is, it's to reach souls. Here it is, it's to relieve the suffering. It's to relieve the suffering. What did he say? Here's what he said. To undo the heavy burdens. To undo the heavy burdens. Can I just say this to you? It's God's will for that heavy burden in your life to be undone. But the only way it may come is by prayer and fasting. The only way you may ever see it is by this kind. It's God's desire to relieve that suffering. There's been some times in my life that I've dealt with things and the only way that I ever found peace was through prayer and fasting. I've said this many times. I've given this illustration a couple, not many times, but a couple of times. Years ago, first time I ever preached at Calvary Baptist Church in Bakersville, North Carolina, Brother Josh went with me. You remember going up the mountain in that rain that day and we about wrecked going around that curve? But anyway, we stayed in that little old po-dunk of a motel. I, I, I'm talking about, uh, it, yeah, Brother Randy, it was bad. It makes you thank God, um, for a motel six. Any less a Hampton Inn. Anyway, it was just about as bad as that trailer. All of us stayed in that time. Brother Sean in Georgia. But anyway, you was with us. Yeah, you, you got, you got set on fire. <laughs> literally, literally set on fire. Ask Brother Josh. No, don't. No. Yeah, ask him after service about being set on fire. Anyway. <laughs> I'll never forget, we went up there and I shared something with Brother Josh. And I said, hey, look, man, I need you to help me pray. I said, I've got a situation in the church. There's not but one other family knows about it. I've got to deal with it. But Josh, it has potential to split in our church, and it did. I'll never forget, we got up there and and I told the preacher that Monday night, I said, tomorrow around lunchtime, if it's okay, me and Brother Josh wants to come up to the church we want to pray. And I'd been, i just say this, I'd been in a, in a time of fasting from some things and I was really praying for that answer. And i tell you something, in that day up there around that altar, everybody got to praying and, man, I got to listening to everybody else and I got up and I went to the back of that little old church. Got on the back pew of that little old church. And I just laid prostrate out for God. And I said, God, you know this need... God, I don't know how to handle it. God, I, I've got to have wisdom. God, I'm going. It was a Tuesday. I said, I'm going back to church tomorrow. I'm going to have to deal with it tomorrow. God, I need help. Would you help me with this? And I tell you something, laying up there on that bench that day, that heavy burden got undone. God relieved that suffering. I'll never forget, man, I got up and preached like a wild man that night. We about half tore the church down. We slept that night, got up the next morning, drove back home. I never talked to that family. I never dealt with that situation. I came back. God had fixed it all. Here's what happens. A lot of times we have those heavy things in our life and we try to fix them and we make a great big mess out of them. And if we would just get a hold of the horns of the altar and push some things back out of our life and say, oh God. God, I'm in a time of need. God, I've got a burden in my life. I promise you there is a God that will relieve those burdens in your life. That's God's desire in this fast. It's to reach souls. It's to relieve the suffering. It's to release the slave. What did He say? Look what He said. He said, to the heaviness and to let the oppressed go free. Amen. It's to release the slave. So, preacher, I'm a slave to some things. Let me tell you the way you get rid of it. By fasting. I'm gonna give you a carnal illustration. And everybody's gonna laugh at me. But about a year ago, the only addiction that I've ever struggled with is Red Bull. I'm just being honest with you. I've never struggled with a smoking addiction. I guess the reason I've never struggled with a smoking addiction, and mom and daddy needs to close their ears right here, because when I was 16 years old at Courtney Fire Department, Bob Moody was smoking Camel Filterless. And I said, that was about that long, Aaron. That's about that long. I said, hey, give me one of them. He said, you ain't mad enough to get one of them. I just thought he had a problem with his throat, but I figured out what was wrong with his throat. (laughs) Chad, he gave me one of them things. I lit that thing up and said, and man, whenever I inhaled, I got sicker than a dog. So I've never struggled with a major addiction to that. The only addiction I've ever struggled with, really, Brother Josh, is Red Bulls. I'm telling you, I could drink a 42-ounce one right now. I'm talking about a stovepipe one. Y'all with me tonight? I may go to the store when we get out. No, I'm not going to. And every once in a while, I still drink one now. But I'm not addicted to it no more. And let me tell you the way I broke that addiction. This is the truth. God made me fast from. It. Now those things that's in your life, I'm talking about releasing the slave. Those things that's in your life, the way the oppressed will go free, is by what? it's by fasting, it's by laying that to the side, it's by pushing it to the side. And I drive by the store, Aaron. There was another addiction that went along with it. Y'all remember what it was? Little Debbie coconut donuts. Boy, I could eat a, I could eat, I, I, yeah, I could eat, I could eat two bags of them, drink a case of Red Bull right now. I'm just lying. I'm not lying. I'm just telling you the truth. I could down it. And this is the truth. Since the Lord made me go on that fast, I've still not eaten them donuts. I'm beginning to think that I'm a slave to not eating them, and maybe he's gonna let me be freed from the slavery and start eating them again. That's the there's something God spoke to me about. Because every day I had to have it. I'd become a slave to it. I'd become a slave to it. You say, Well, I'm not a slave to anything. Well, don't light your cigarette up when you go out that door. You say, Is smoking a sin? Absolutely. Anything that tastes that good and you're gonna roll it up and burn it, it's a sin. Some of y'all get that in a little while. Are you with me? The way the oppressed is set free, it's by fasting. So, preacher, there's no way I can quit that. This kind This kind cometh not forth but by prayer and fasting. Look at this. He not only deals to reach the souls to relieve the suffering to release the slave, but to rescue the shackled. Look what he says. Look what he says. I love expository preaching. Look what he says. And to let the oppressed go free, and that ye break every yoke to rescue the shackled. That is God's purpose in fasting. Not only do you see God's desire, the purpose of that fast, I'm not going to preach this, but you see God's delight in verse number 7. To feed the hungry, to fortify in and from your house, to friend the humbled, and to face your heart. That's God's, God's delight in the fast. Then you see this tonight. You're not going to see the promise of the fast. You see the priority of the fast, the problem of the fast. Here's the purpose of the fast. And last of all tonight, I'll show you, I'm not going to preach it, I'll deal with it. Later on. But in verse number 8 through verse number 14, you see the promise of the fast. You see the promise of it. Stan, if you will, go to the piano and just start playing softly. The promise of it. There is some promises that we can claim to fast. Verse number 8 through verse number 14 deals with it. There's a personal promise. Has to do with happiness. Has to do with health. And has to do with honor. There's some prayer promises and it speaks of answers and there's some prosperity promises. The Lord can give the influence and the Lord can give you instruction. The Lord can give you an increase. There's some, and i deal with all that. There's some promises that God gives to us fasting. Fasting is not in vain. Are you hearing me? Let me say this to you. If you decide that you're going to go into a fast tomorrow, I've given that paper out, I've, I, I don't have none now, I'm going to run some more, but I give that paper out. If you decide, man, I'm going to go into a fast tomorrow, and you're probably not going to because everybody's going to eat hot dogs and hamburgers tomorrow, but you may start it Friday. The priority of it is this, if you're really sincere with God, you may go into it as soon as service is over. But you say, I, I'm going into a fast and here's, you, you, you set the guidelines for your fast. You do a 21-day fast from meat and just eat vegetables and just drink water or you do a 40-day fast from social media or you do a 3-day fast from everything and just drink water. At the end of that 3-day fast, it don't necessarily mean that all 47 things you prayed for is going to be answered like that and 27 people is going to get saved. God's time and our time is two different things. But I will say this, there is a promise to fast. God will bless you for it. God, oh oh, yeah. God will bless you for it. It's kind of like tithing. I double dog dare you to try it. I double dog dare you to try it. Not just one week. Not just one month. But I dare you to take 12 months Practice fasting and praying. And if you're not tithing, practice tithing. And let's see what happens at the end of that 12 months. Let me tell you what you'd do at the end of that 12 months. You'd walk up to me and hug my neck and tell me thank you. That's exactly what happened. Thank God somebody taught me about fasting one day. And I started learning about it. And I promise you, fasting and praying, they go hand in hand together absolutely change your life.